What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, at Rodas. It's time to get busy here. Courtesy of Fantasy Alarm here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. What's up, Adam? How you doing today? Doing good, man. Just a little closer to the start of baseball season. So getting excited about that. I'm getting crazy pumped, actually. I had a chance to talk with uh, Kansas City Royals GM Dayton Moore today. And huge news. He basically said that he's, you know, he's got two weeks before camp breaks. But based on what he's seen and everything that he, how he feels about players and, you know, letting players tell him, uh, you know, help dictate to him what he should be doing by what they do on the field. There's a good chance that Bobby Witt Jr. breaks camp with the big club. And and he also noted that he he does a great job of chasing down the ball in center field. So all of a sudden, uh, you could be looking at a, a, an outfield in Kansas City of uh, of Benintendi, uh, Bobby Witt Jr., and uh, Witt Merrifield. Pretty Wait, he's, he said he's going to play in the outfield? Well, you know, he, he didn't want to he didn't want to single anything out and he didn't want to say it specifically. He basically left it open that, you know, he likes the way he he runs the ball down in center field. Um, and he pretty much he was talking about the fact that he's already he's got, you know, Mondesi locked in at um, at shortstop. And uh, and and Hunter Dozier locked in with a new contract over at third base as well. Um, so he basically uh, skipped over saying, oh, and he, we talked about Carlos Santana at first base also. So basically he skipped over over second base and Nicky Lopez. Um, and so it kind of left the door open that he could either be in center field or at second base. Uh, but he, he basically showed that he's not going to move Mondesi off of short. Okay, yeah, because I thought it would be second base because two of the last three games that he's played, he's let off at second base. Uh, last Thursday, he let off, played shortstop. So he has not been playing every day, but he has been getting in there, and they've been using him in the leadoff spot. So that's why I thought it would be uh, second base and move Merrifield to center. Um, yeah, well, right now they've also got Merrifield locked in over at right field as well with Nicky Lopez at second. You know, they don't have a lot of depth in that outfield. I mean, you got Michael Taylor. They signed Gerard Dyson. I mean, there's really, there's not a lot sitting there that can play in the outfield. So I could actually see Merrifield starting there in right field. Um, you know, move him into, say, you, you could move him to second if you wanted Jorge Soler to move off a of DH, like, if you were going to give Sal Perez a break from behind the plate, but you wanted to keep his bat in the lineup, that kind of a thing. But either way, I mean, I think the the big takeaway here, I mean, he obviously qualifies at shortstop right now, but could end up with infield outfield eligibility um, if he breaks camp with the team and he starts out there in center and plays anywhere in the infield. Yeah, it would be really big for fantasy purposes. Obviously, in these deep draft champions leagues that are 50 rounds, he gets drafted, but not many other leagues. And this news is going to obviously push him up draft boards. Did he, I'm sure he went in AL labor in the reserve round, right? I don't remember. Did I cover that? No, I covered the NL. So I don't, I don't remember the AL board. You covered that, right? Um, I did cover the, uh, the AL board. I honestly, I don't remember. Okay. I honestly don't remember. I believe he did. You know, I believe he did. Uh, unfortunately, this also drives the price up on him in Tout Wars this week. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's definitely with this news and we still have a few days until that happens. You're definitely going to see the price get driven up. Yeah, because there'll definitely. be someone in there who's like, oh, yeah, he's going to uh, he's going to play. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to get him. That's definitely going to end up happening at some point or another. You know, I might like just throw his name out nice and quickly and see if I can either get him at a, you know, like just cheap that somebody just kind of says no, or at least drive the price on him to, uh, to somebody else. Um, other exciting news here. I'm, I'm in the middle of my Raz slam draft, right? Round 36. Dayton Moore says this about Bobby Witt Jr. I immediately went and looked because I'm on the clock. 
at that point. And I'm like, oh, okay, blah, 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 blah. Oh, Bobby Witt's already taken. He was taken like three rounds ago. So I was like, all right, fine, you know, whatever. I can't do that. Uh, I start thinking back uh, to some other information uh, that Jim Bowden gave me, that being that, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Trevino um, in Texas, Jose Trevino. Uh, Jim was talking to uh, to them over there with the Rangers, uh, and basically it was that Trevino is, is the starting catcher. Like, it hasn't been officially announced or anything like that, but you're not looking at any kind of, like, any major platoon or anything like that. And so Jose Trevino uh, is going to be the guy who's going to get the work behind the plate there full-time. I needed an extra catcher and was like, oh, okay, sick. I'll just take Trevino here because, you know, it's best ball and want to make sure that I can, you know, possibly keep myself covered. Um, and so I do that. I make that move. And then all of a sudden, what does Jim start talking to me about? Starts talking to me about how Jonathan India was playing second base um, and how uh, Eugenio Suarez was moved over to short. Mustakis was moved over to third um, and that whole thing. I remember did uh, you, you and I were tweeted. Somebody tweeted at us yes. a couple of weeks ago about no, Jonathan India. And a I few was days like, ago. Was it a few days ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seemed longer ago. I don't even remember when it was, but I was like, ah, it seems kind of crowded over there. He's blocked on that side of the field. And lo and behold, here you go. Um, that was the way it was. I took Trevino, and of course, somebody fucking took Jonathan India, the pick right after me. Yeah, that that happens sometimes, especially as news trickles out in these slow drafts. But yeah, I mean, that's why spring training is important, man, because certain players might have a role that we did not expect. We would not have expected this a week or two ago. I know I have Jonathan India in at least one league, a draft champions league. Um, Cause I think in that format, I believe he's third base eligible and third base gets really thin in those deeper formats. So uh, I know I have him in at least one league, maybe two. Uh, and yeah, this is, you know, the shortstop has been a problem for them. They didn't sign anyone. So we'll see if this sticks. Um, it'll definitely hurt the defense, but uh, we don't care in fantasy unless we have a Reds pitcher. Well, that that was actually that was one of my questions was, um, you know, how much is this going to hurt when you're talking about guys like Luis Castillo, Tyler Molly? I know Sonny Gray is a good ground ball pick, pitcher as well. You know, and how much is that going to like screw with their value? Uh, Jim didn't think it was going to be that much. He was like, ah, you know. He's like, he's like the defense really wasn't very good before they switched everybody around. So what makes you think it's that much worse off? Yeah. I mean, Castillo's a big ground ball pitcher, so you can't have it be a disaster because then it's not even, oh, okay, well, more runs are going to score. It's all right. An error is made. Now you have to get an extra out and throw more pitcher pitches, and that could potentially lead to a bigger inning, and you don't go as deep into games. So that's the really the big issue there. Uh, but yeah, Castillo has a 53% career ground ball rate. It was 58.4% last year and 55.2% two years ago. So he's a guy that definitely gets a lot of ground balls. Definitely gets a lot of ground balls. So I mean, does that make you less bullish on him? Do you look at the uh, the no, red see, pictures and think no? No? Be, no, because I don't know if this is going to stick. You know, this right. is something they're trying out now. So if I'm drafting today, the next few days, I can't really make that change at this point. Okay. Fantastic. Really? You're not going to shoot him up your rankings right now? Who? <laughs> Jonathan India. I'll move him up, but I mean, he's more of a 15-team league reserve round guy. I don't think you're drafting him in a 12. No, I don't think he's drafting him in a 12 either. Definitely not. Definitely not. I um, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the, the one of the toughest things. I think you know when you got people who sit there and play in like 10 and 12 team leagues, they're listening to the fantasy channel, and all of a sudden they hear this news about Jonathan India, or they hear the news about Bobby Witt Jr., uh, and they jump too soon. You know, and that's that's you know it, it, trying to like you know, and I always sit there and I try to like when when I'm talking to Jim. You know, talking about, you know, all right, well, this is this is great news. This is fantastic to watch. But 
you know, you got to take a look and see what's going on, you know, as far as like the depth of your league, because, you know, we're sitting here, we're used to playing in these 15 team leagues with these huge rosters or big benches, stuff like that, where these guys become relevant. And if you're talking about just like your simple 10 or 12 team home league, uh, really not so much. Yeah, I mean, that's why league context is very important. You know, that's why when I'm answering these questions, always asking how many teams, how many rounds, you know, how deep are the rosters, it's very important to to know that stuff. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, um, all right, so that's uh, some of the uh, some of the spring training news I picked up today. Anything that you uh, anything you heard? Oh, you know what? Let me give you a couple more names who uh, uh, are, are on the radar here. Just you know, for for watch list kind of purposes. Uh, you ready for this? Tigers outfielder Akil Badu. How about that? Have you heard of Akil Badu? Yeah, I think I saw something on him in the last day or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ Hinch, pretty high on Akil Badu, what he's doing in the, uh, you know, in spring training right now. Now, Badu is uh, only 22 years old and he hasn't played above, you know, high A ball yet. But, you know, big numbers right now in spring. So, you know, the, the reason that I bring him up, or at least, you know, I'll put him on a watch list, is you look at the rest of the Tigers outfield, it's not like there are a lot of names blocking him from from you know even coming up as like a fourth outfielder i mean you're sitting there looking at the outfield it's like robbie grossman jacoby jones you got victor reyes maybe you know nomar mazara like it's not really and, and after that then it's nothing it's nothing daz cameron harold castro these names are not inspiring me to uh to to not think so akil badu adam radar i think that's ale only at this point yeah, because yeah, I, I think I think I think Grossman, Mazzara, Jones will play, and Reyes to start. But if any of them struggle, then yeah, he's a name to keep on the radar. But I don't think he's someone you look at in mixed leagues. I looked, by the way, my second draft champions league. I took Jonathan India round forty nine. Well, 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 look at you! Aren't you just the cat's pajamas? Hey, the, the, you know the point is for those that do these or do them in the future. Every pick matters. You're like, oh, round 49. I'll just take this guy. No, I think about every pick. So, um, oh, wow. Logan Allen in round 45. He's pitched well. All right. I'm winning this overall. (laughs) 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 Oh, I do have Forrest Whitley, though, in round 37. There goes that. Oh, wah, 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 wah. Yeah, I'm I'm digging on my uh, on my Raz Slam, my late picks here. You know, Noah Syndergaard, I I ended up grabbing. Carter Keyboom, I grabbed super late. Logan Gilbert, Mackenzie Gore, Nate Lowe. I got one, two, three, four, five, six picks to go. Six picks to go. No Jonathan India, no Bobby Witt Jr. uh, Doing it for me there. So is uh, is that a format where there's only fab for two periods? Yep. Okay. So it's like the NFBC cut line, I think. Yes. Yeah, very okay. much so. Yep, yep, yep. Now you play in the NFBC cut lines, right? How do you handle no. fab? No, I don't play. I have not done the cut line now. Oh, how would you handle fab? Would you go big on that first one, or do you hold back money for the second one? Uh, I'd probably be aggressive in the first one if the team needed it. And you got to remember too, you're going to get that player for a longer duration. They could help you the entire season, basically, because I believe that first fat period is like early April. Yep. Yeah. So I don't think there's a problem being aggressive. All right. Beautiful. I love it. All right. We'll talk some. Uh, what else today? Oh, Shane McClanahan. Heard yeah. of him? Yeah. He's been lighting it up in the spring, man. Been crazy good this spring, right? He's all, I mean, he's only thrown like three innings, mm-hmm. but he's striking everybody out. It's the Rays, man. Everyone's going to get a save opportunity. Would they have 75 pitchers get a save last year? (laughs) It's very, very possible. It's very possible. No doubt about it. Uh, And Bobby Dahlbeck, another name thrown my way. Um, I obviously, you know, I mean, we've been talking about Dahlbeck for a little bit. I think I actually have him 
on this team. No, I took him in the uh, in the barf draft. Um, just good, cheap power, and sounds like he's going to play regularly for Boston over at first. Yeah, I have him in a couple of draft champions leagues as well. Um, was definitely considering him in tout. Did not get an opportunity to take him. Uh, yeah, I mean, in tout, I think OBP leagues, he's a little bit better. He's showing really good walk rates in the minor leagues. You know, average is probably going to be a concern at the big league level. Um, we saw him last year. He came up, played 23 games. He had eight homers, 16 RBIs. I think I, I know I picked him up in a league somewhere late last season. He did it 263, but it came with a 394 batting average balls in play and a 42.4% strikeout rate. So he there's a lot of swing and miss to his game, but uh, there's definitely elite power there for sure. Very nice. Um, those are the names. That's what I got for you. How about you? What do you see anything, hear anything in uh, spring training today that uh, that piqued your curiosity? Uh, Ahmed Rosario played center field. It was a complete disaster, made three errors. They're, they're actually they're doing a remake of uh, of the Disney classic. It's now going to be called Errors in the Outfield. Yeah, Rosario will star there. So I know they're trying to <laughs> trying to get him accustomed to playing the outfield, but uh, it did not go well. Uh, Shohei Otani, a another home run today, a two run homer. As uh, so he's off to a great start, uh, but in those leagues where you have to decide pitching hitter, it's probably going to be a headache this year. Uh, Cattell Marte left today's game, left ankle soreness. Luis Robert was still out. Uh, Ramon Laureano scratched today. So uh, injuries are already starting to pile up. Yeah, they really are. They really are. I know uh, Joe Galena did the uh, the MLB injury report today, um, updating everything. And there's just, yeah, they're, they're all piling up there. Oh, and the other thing is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is tearing it up, seeing that his launch angle is up. Today was his 22nd birthday, meaning on Tuesday he went four for four. He's hitting 529, five walks, two strikeouts. So, uh, again, if he just lifts the ball a little bit more, man, we could have a breakout season. I don't have him anywhere yet, but I'd like to have him on at least one team this year. Yeah, I um, I took him. Where was it that I took uh, Vladdy Jr.? It wasn't. Raz, I was. I think it was TGFBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, TGFBI, I'm in there with uh, with Clay Link, right? <laughs> Have you drafted with Clay before? Yes, definitely. He is he is the ultimate of Vladimir Guerrero truthers out there. He he's been reaching for him since day one. Um, you know, listen, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna kill him for that because if you if you've competed against clay link then you know that clay link all he does is win titles like that's just you know great stuff from him all over the place um yeah i i was drafting <laughs> there's the draft board i was drafting right behind clay he had the 11th pick i had the 12th pick so coming back in the fourth um i took vladimir Gray. i already had freddie freeman in the first round i took vladdy in the fourth right in front of clay Oh, he must have been pissed at you, right? Um, you know, I, I, I don't think he, he – I mean, he probably was pissed, but I think he but was he more hurt anything? than anything else. Okay. Like, I, I feel like I feel like he might have walked away from the draft for a little while. I feel like he might have given a, a cry or two, you know, maybe, maybe punched a wall, maybe, you know, saw, screamed into a pillow, something to that effect, and then, then turned around and grabbed George Springer. Still a solid pickup, but yeah, that this is. I think this is my only share of Vlad right now, and uh, and I dig it. I mean, he's he does. He looks so fucking good right now. So good. Is this the year? Yeah, it could be, man. It could be. I know some people are like, "Oh, I can't pay for him. He didn't do it." But you got to remember, man. This is a game of predicting the future. We all go so much on previous numbers, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a big-time pedigree, man. Big prospect. He's only 22, man. Like, people forget that. And we've only seen 183 games of him at the major league level. And he's been good. He just hasn't lived up to expectations because people expect him to come in and, and be this huge power hitter. We just haven't seen it yet. But uh, if he could just elevate the ball just a little bit more i mean we've seen the exit velocity how hard he hits the ball uh it's just get the ball in the air a little bit more so i think just people 
are ready. It feels like some are ready to just, oh, yeah, this is what he is. And I don't think so. Um, I'm with you. You know, again, it's not, you know, yeah, you get, you get guys with track records, fine and dandy. But, I mean, this is, you know, this this is, you know, not so much predicting the future, but, you know, you're, you're paying for a guy for what you expect him to do, not for what he did in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, not everyone is Juan Soto. Ronald Acuna comes up immediately and mashes. You know, sometimes it, it takes the guys a little while. And that could be the case with Vlad. That could definitely be the case with Vlad. I'd love it, man. I, I would love to see it just, you know, happen. Not because I have him in, in, in a league, but just because, you know, when you when you see these guys with talent, and you know, it's kind of funny, you know, we've had this whole conversation. Um you know, or at least I've had this conversation a couple of times. Curious as to your thoughts. These guys who, you know, sons of ball players. I mean, Vladdy Jr., um, Bo Bichette, Kavan Biggio, even a kid like Bobby Witt Jr. I mean, they, these kids grew up in the baseball world, in their circles, um, leaving a pretty significant impact, obviously, on them. Do you find that you, you look at these kids and you say, you know, you look at, at the type of player their dad was that, you know, you, you kind of think, well, you know, Apple probably doesn't fall far from the tree. Superstar dad could mean a superstar kid. Sometimes I think you have to look at the individual skill set, but I do think it helps when you're around baseball and you see what their dad did. I think that work ethic, being around the game, if they have the passion for it, which they should if they're playing it has to have a positive effect. Well, it could go the other way, you know, like all of a sudden where playing catch with your dad just turns into, you know, you might as well be telling me to change the cat litter, right? I mean, it's like, or you're better than your, thing? or you could be better than your dad, like Fernando Tatis Jr. But let him hit two grand slams in one inning before we say that. <laughs> Did you have him that year? Um, I don't remember. Um, I know I did have him a few times. I don't remember if I had him that year. Maybe I, I had, had channel. Park. I had him that year in my uh, in my home league. It was the best. No, nah, I don't think I had channel park. I would have remembered that and just gone crazy if I had a pitcher give up two grand slams in the same inning. Oh no, I never had Chan Ho Park because my wife always drafted Chan Ho Park. She loved Chan Ho Park. Loved it. Loved him. And that was a dude who like looked like he pitched on like two days rest all the time. Also, it's like every time I looked in the uh, at the pitching at the pitching lineup for the day, I kept seeing Chan Ho Park. It's amazing. Well, amazing. if your wife ever suggests going to Korea without you, you better not let her go. What? <laughs> I said if your wife says, "Hun, I'm gonna go to Korea. Uh, I'm gonna go by myself. I'll see you in a couple weeks." You might not oh. want to let her go. <laughs> 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 um you know I, i'd be okay with it go okay. ahead go well because you get a break have a good time I, yeah. I mean listen if 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 she's gonna you know go to korea um i guess maybe perhaps i could uh go somewhere and, and find myself a young lady as well right yeah fair is fair fair is fair i would of course end up in like puerto rico somewhere that would be fun. I've never been to Puerto Rico. I'd like to go at some point. I have never been to Puerto Rico either. You, you want to? Let's go to Puerto Rico, Adam. Nah, just, I'll just tell my wife we're just taking a vacation. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go well for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, honey. I'm just going with my friend Adam. We're just going to Puerto Rico. Oh, Adam, Puerto Rico. I'm like, well, it's not like we're going to Africa. Yeah. Well, we'll really go to Africa. We just will say Puerto Rico. <laughs> Secretly go to <laughs> And when we take photos, she's like, wait a second. That's not Puerto Rico. I'm like, yeah, it is. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I mean, could take that trip to, Puerto, to, to Africa. She would probably want to come with, though, because she wants to go on a photographic safari anyway. Yeah, I know that's pretty big over there. So, yeah, she wants to do that. So, I mean, you know, you could, you could hitch a ride with us. I'm in. You don't have to beg me to go to Africa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Before we continue here, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, the DFS say y'all need to be playing on for a multitude of reasons. But here's my thoughts. 
Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> And again, a big shout out to Monkey Knife Fight, who is also partnered up with, uh, you know, WagerAlarm.com, part of the uh, family here, the Fantasy Alarm family, um, on our uh, on our March Madness brackets. Uh, which, oh baby, you know, we're 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 actually it's Wager Alarm, Monkey Knife Fight. We're partners on the uh, Wager Alarm brackets cheat sheet, uh, which you can get at WagerAlarm.com/slash. Uh, contest. So just click on that. It's only five bucks. Go get it. Uh, very worth it. I filled out my brackets today using that cheat sheet to uh, to kind of explore potential upsets and stuff like that. Very, very well done. Dan Servadidio did an amazing job uh, on that for sure. So we're partners with Monkey Knife Fight on that. And then we're also doing uh, our bracket contest in conjunction with Bally's Hotel and Casino. So what's up, Bally's? We'll give them a shout out as well. Um, you fill out your brackets yet, Adam? I did. Yeah, who you got winning it all? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. What, what's up with the chalk play, man? Come on. Yeah, because I mean, what do you want? Why? Who'd you go with? <laughs> I went with Alabama. Okay. Right? Number two seed. I you know, I try not to get too crazy with these. Uh, you know, I, I don't go full chalk. I try not to go too crazy, but there are certain things like, you know, if you if you read the cheat sheet, if you read through the cheat sheet and some of the things that Servo talks about, you know, some potential upsets, teams who have like guys who are expected to go early in the NBA draft, like you want to, you know, kind of hook it on them. Like I've got Oklahoma State going on the final four uh, because of their guy. Uh, what's his name? Cunningham? Yeah. So, yeah, I've got that because uh, I actually have Illinois being upset by Loyola Chicago. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, not many people will have that. No, you got to try and like, uh, you know, discern yourself a little bit from the herd. What's the craziest pick you made? Um, I don't know, because I filled out a couple brackets that were different. So I don't remember offhand. Okay. But I know... Now I had Georgetown advancing. There are 12. Um, but I think I did have a 12 or 13 winning two rounds. Oh, um, do I have I've got a, a 13 going uh, two rounds into the Sweet 16. Was it North Texas, Adam? No, I don't think it was. Uh, fine. The craziest I went here, I mean, I have Loyola upsetting Illinois, which is an eight versus a one. I also have St. Bonaventure uh, upsetting Michigan, and that's a nine-one. Okay. Yeah, Michigan cooled off a little bit towards the end. Yeah, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with. I'm not – I've never been a Michigan guy. I used to, I used to date a girl. Who uh, who was like a, a Michigan like her family was like you know they were like Michigan freaks and her older sister went to Michigan and everything was all about Michigan and whatever I was just like oh, sorry excuse me I'll, I'll take anybody but <laughs> all right so you have bias here when you're picking 
Dude, I talk, I, listen, you know what? When it comes to the tournament, because this is like if there's, you know, in any given Sunday kind of a, 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 a old adage for, for this kind of stuff, th- this is it. This is this is where you see the crazy shit happen. Like, I mean, how many times have we seen the tournament where it's all the top seeds win every game and then it's the number one ranked team uh, who wins the whole thing? Like, has that ever happened? Yes, all the time. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. You, really? You just, you're not going to play along with me here. Okay. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Are you sweating NBA right now? Is that why? Uh, what's going on? What, what are you sweating NBA? Well, not yet. It's still too early for that. Is it too early? Um. Yeah, let me see. But Damian Lillard, the game doesn't start till 10 p.m., Okay. I have Montrez Haverhill. That game doesn't start to 10.30 p.m. I do have one player early for the Thunder, um, and I don't think he's off to a good start. Um, although I did mess – I mentioned Moses Brown in the Valley Bowl. He has 9.6 rebounds in the first uh, 16 minutes of the game. But my prop is Pokoveski over 12.5 points in assists. He only has one assist. He's only taking one shot from the field, so this motherfucker better wake up. Shoot the ball, man. <laughs> and I got the Celtics getting four against Utah. And that game is at half jazz lead 54-53. But I did see Kemba Walker left the game. I don't know if he returned. That would not be good. Because that's one of the things I wrote was this is like, you know, the, we've rarely seen the Celtics healthy this year with their four core players together. Kemba Walker's missed time. Tatum was out with COVID. Jalen Brown has missed a couple games with a knee issue. Marcus Smart just came back, and they've won five of six. And Utah has not been as good lately. They haven't been covering their spread. Um, So I said, you know what? Boston will keep this close or at least – and they could win this game. Um, Okay, it looks like Kemba did come back in the game. So that's a good good sign there. So, yeah, I, I think that should be close to the end. So, yeah, really not sweating it yet. still early. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I can always tell when you're like, you know, when you're when you're sweating certain props and stuff like that. You get a little, you get a little moody. You do. Nah. Yeah. No. 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 Seriously. Seriously. And you know what? And the people listening know it too, Adam. Yeah. They're well aware. <laughs> <laughs> you grouchy son of a bitch, you. Damn it. Um. All right. So, uh, what else you got going on here? Uh, NFL news exciting to you? Not really. I mean, <laughs> I made this point on alarm after hours. All right. So, say John o. Smith signs with the Patriots, right? Someone goes out there, and writes a thousand word article analyzing him. Next day, Hunter Henry signs there. You wasted your fucking time, <laughs> right? Because I, I mean, I had tweeted. I'm like, oh, I love this for John o. Smith. You know, blah blah. blah. And then, you know, next day, like, let things breathe, man. Like, we got time. There's no there's no home league draft in fantasy football tomorrow that I know of. Maybe you guys do. If you do, hit me up. I would like to know why you're drafting so early in March. But I'm pretty sure there's none that exists. So let this shit breathe, man. Let these moves pan out. And then we can we have all summer to analyze it. We do have all summer to analyze it. Listen, I, I wrote the article today, I, you know, Kicking Rocks column. Uh, over at fantasyalarm.com, you can check it out over there. Um, I, you know, again, I, <laughs> I I did this rant yesterday, and I put it into article form today. Like, really, it just kind of, I don't know, man. I just because I feel, in all honesty, like Roger Goodell and the NFL, they're doing certain things like this on purpose. Like, there's there's a specific reason behind it. Like, you know, people can say all they want that, you know. Well, the 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 legal tampering period's been going on since 2013, so it's just you know yes, and and March 17th has always been the day of the week or the date for the new season to start up, and it just so happens that it's on a Wednesday. But you know that the the that it re, you know that the uh, that the day of the week rotates right, like from year to year. So you know if if it's like you know, falls on a Wednesday, a Thursday or a Friday, you know that, you know, you own that entire week with free agency news because now you're allowing it to happen on Monday and Tuesday. And, you know, I'm sorry, but you know what? Monday was a day 
where, you know, you had Selection Sunday. And again, I told you this yesterday. Drew Brees announces his retirement 30 minutes before Selection Sunday. <clears throat> so all the news is like all of a sudden on Drew Brees. And oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking brackets over here. Um, Monday, the day where everybody's supposed to be debating seedings and snubs and filling out their brackets and finding contests to do and whatever. And all of a sudden, well, it's it's cool to, you know, there's the, it's the legal tampering period here. Um, they took, you know, Christmas Day from from the NBA. You know, it's like all of these things that they're doing, they're, they're doing everything at specific times of the year in order to take away from other sports, to stay in that, like, in the center of the news cycle. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and we I talked about it. The whole Christmas thing pissed me off because, you know, I got to watch that football game on Christmas. It's week 16. It's a big game, you know, and that took me away from uh, the NBA. And I don't see that. And I think wasn't Christmas on a Friday this year. Yeah, I think it was like, why are you playing on Friday? Play Saturday. You got Saturday games like you got Saturday, Sunday and Monday. So why you got to play on a Friday on Christmas when you know the NBA that's a big day for them. So, yeah, I'm, I agree. And it's not like they even used COVID as an excuse being like, oh, well, we had to make up the game, blah, blah, blah. Because that wasn't what it was. Because that Christmas Day game was on the calendar when they announced the original schedule. Like that was, you know, it was it was already there before there was a single postponement. So it wasn't like they were like, oh, well, because we had to do this because of COVID. And are, are you you're telling me now, Adam, that this year we're not going to see a, a Thanksgiving Day slate on Christmas? Well, it's a Saturday, so I can't fault them for that. If Because they always play Saturday late in the year anyway, because college football is doesn't have their their games then. So this year I can't get upset at. But when you're playing on a Friday, that's that's a problem. They're going to have it this year. Christmas is a Saturday this year, so they're going to have a couple games, I would assume. Probably have three. Well, I don't know. It's Christmas. They'll definitely have at least two, I would guess. I don't know about three. I think they'll have two or three, and I think no matter when – like, I mean, unless it falls on, like, a Tuesday. And again, you know, obviously the days – you know, it'll rotate. But I I think that this past season was the NFL staking their claim on Christmas Day. There was no reason to have this game on Friday. Zero reason at all, except to say, you know what? Uh, no, it was it was I, it was TV. They knew people were going to be home. They're like, oh, here's another day that we can get eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. My fucking NFL is driving me up a wall. And you know, and of course, you know, people are like, you know, I wrote this this column over on on Fantasy Alarm about it, and just kind of, you know, just. Yeah, bitching, because that's, you know, what Kicking Rocks article is all about. It's all about being able to bitch about certain things or, you know, the need to 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 vent it all. And I got people, you know, oh, well, I mean, it's important stuff. And, blah, blah. and, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, it's not important. It's just it's not something that should be dominating the news cycles right now. And I don't know, man, maybe it's just because of uh, of who I follow on Twitter. But I mean. My my Twitter timeline today was like ninety percent football. Yeah, no, it definitely was a lot. And again, we have a lot of big things going on in baseball, man. Um, a lot of important news for for drafts. And I know everyone doesn't play fantasy baseball, but still, man, I mean, uh, it's pretty important stuff. More pressing, I will say that. More time sensitive than this. Again, we. Could, you could follow it. It is always interesting to see where people go, but I think it's made to be into this huge, huge, big deal when it's not as big as people make it seem. And we got plenty of time to break it down and analyze it. And and the signings aren't done. No, the signings aren't even close to done. I mean, this was the you NFL know, draft. So yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about that for seven weeks. Oh, well, I mean, again, dude, I mean, that's it's like I wrote, you know, it's like, okay, so, you know, first month of baseball, we're all super stoked. So, oh, what, you're tired of baseball already? Well, we got the NFL draft, and we're going to sit there, and we're going to dominate the news cycles over there. And, oh, what, you're going to start up with baseball again in May? All right, great. But, oh, 
look, we got OTAs. You want to see what these guys are like running without pads? We're all in on that one. Uh, June, well, yeah, June's great. June's a lot of fun. Oh, how about optional mini camp for the NFL? Let's see who's staying, you know, who's who's going to this optional mini camp. And then by the time the, the July 4, you know, the July All-Star break hits for MLB, everybody's already moved on to football because we need two months of uh, of of preseason to sit there and, and fucking debate this shit. Yep, that's the the pattern, and uh, it will continue. It will continue. It will continue. And don't mistake me, people. Everybody out there who's listening to me or you know reading the article or whatever, I love football. I absolutely love football. When when football starts up, I am one hundred percent locked in. I'm playing DFS. I'm playing seasonal. I'm betting on the games. I'm making picks in pools. Like everything, I'm like neck deep and I'm beyond neck deep, way in over my head, <laughs> doing all the football stuff that I do. Um, and I absolutely love the sport. But like Adam said, we have so much time to sit here and analyze this shit that, you know, talking to me about Hunter Henry and, and John U. Smith, it doesn't mean shit to me right now. It doesn't mean anything like that's oh Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar also. Whoa. Get ready. The Patriots are on the move, Adam. Bill Belichick's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. That's right. Next move, Deshaun Watson. Oh, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to the goddamn Jets for crying out loud. Uh, I guess you didn't see the report that came out before we recorded. Uh, Oh, what now? Well, again, I don't know if it's true, but it says rumors are he does not want to play in New York or Miami. Again? I, what, the, the, the rumors before were that he did want to play in New York it's or said, Miami. Well, here it is. The Athletics' Michael Lombardi reports there are rumors that Watson doesn't want to play in New York or Miami. He's rumored to want to play for Denver or the 49ers because they have more talent on their rosters. But these are rumors, so who knows? But we 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 yeah we can analyze that in tomorrow's podcast and waste the uh, you know thirty minutes on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me when he's traded or where he's playing, and then we'll analyze it for real. Just right? like oh man, I feel bad for people that only follow football. Man, you guys got a lot of wasted time on your hands. Seriously, a lot of wasted time. A lot. A lot. Oh hey, look, Emmanuel Sanders signs with the Bills. Oh my God. Uh, let me write. 2,000 words on that right now. Can, can, can you give me 2,000 words on that? Um, I can give you 20. <laughs> Even Thank that might you. be a reach. <laughs> I, could, I could sum up all of this NFL free agent movement. Well, in, if, we had, if we had a three-hour football show, we could, what, spend 20 minutes on that? We really could. Should we do, <laughs> uh, should we do that for the next podcast? Should oh, we? Jeez, just shoot me now. <laughs> Oh my God! I would die. Like there's real games being played tonight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like actual sports on my television, which I didn't have at this time last year. So you know, I'd rather kind of just live in the moment and do that. But that's me. Is this Jazz Celtics game a preview of the NBA Finals? No. You're no fun. It's not. I know. <laughs> I don't think either team makes their finals. Um, are you locked in on the Lakers still? If Anthony Davis is healthy, yes. Okay. If Anthony Davis is not healthy. Then no, they will not make it. Do you pivot to the Clippers? Oh, the Clippers are like a team that just is like my Achilles heel. They always burn me. So, nah, I, I don't know. I might go to Utah then. Okay. All right, interesting. But I don't see I don't see Boston coming out of the East. Who's coming out of the East? Is it the um, Brooklyn? Is it the Nets? Yeah, man. I mean, they're playing great without Kevin Durant, and And they're beating good. And they're beating good teams. This is not a case of oh, well, they're beating up on these bad teams. No, they every time they're playing the good teams, they are winning. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yep, five in a row right now, averaging 120 points a game. Brooklyn. The Knicks did come back against them, though, last night. It made it a tight game. So, uh, And the Knicks, I almost 
I wanted to give them out tonight. I didn't. They were getting seven. They're up on Philly, 48-43 late in the first half. Knicks are, Knicks are a gritty team, man. They come to play. They play the entire game. They play defense. Uh, Tom Thibodeau has done a great job putting his mold on that team. Uh, completely different team from last year. What the fuck's going on with Toronto, dude? COVID. Are they all sitting with COVID? See, They're here you go. Up. So I don't follow the NBA, but I can sit there and I can look at the standings and know that in the FSGA uh, props bet draft, somebody told me that Toronto would be a good sleeper. Yeah, well, they've three of their starters have been out. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, and OG Anubi. They've been out for two weeks now, I guess. So okay. they're just a complete disaster without them. Yeah, they've lost five in a row, and I think those guys have missed all five games. Yep, yeah. Because, yeah, they lost. The, the Pistons are one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA. They allowed the Pistons to score 129 that night. So, yeah, they had two games postponed, and then they've lost five games in a row because they've been missing three three guys, three starters. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. So they get those three guys back. Maybe they creep back into the play. It looks like I think Van Fleet has been cleared to practice. The other two guys are not playing tomorrow. They're playing Detroit. They they should beat Detroit, but then again, they've, they already lost them by like 25 and out those guys, so... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. Jeez, the Rockets are getting their asses kicked again. They've lost 16 in a row going into Tuesday night. <laughs> oh, man. All righty, man. All righty. Well, I think that's about it for me today. I don't really have much to add here anymore. Vent my frustration about the NFL. Talk about some good stuff happening in the MLB. I just now I'm like at the point now I need the MLB season to start. Just give it to me now. Yeah, Thanks. we're almost there. Like two weeks. Yep, two weeks from Thursday. Can't wait. Go Yankees. Yeah, okay. Uh, you see your Mets today, dude? Yeah, what, Dominic Smith home run? Dominic Smith run. looks fucking unbelievable. Francisco Lindor crushed one into right. Pete Alonso turned on a on a pitch that just, I don't think it landed yet. DeGrom gave up a run, though. The guy's overrated. Oh, totally overrated. <laughs> but th for them, it's the key's going to be the defense because, you know, they, they need Dom's bat in the lineup. But, man, him in the outfield. J.D. Davis at third is kind of rough, but hopefully they overcome it. It's going to be an exciting season. It really is. No, it is. The Dodgers, the Padres, the White Sox. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of teams that are not trying and look bad, but um, there's a lot of good young players in the games, a lot of exciting teams, so it should be fun. I think we've got a legit shot at another Subway Series, too. Um. We'll see. I mean, expectations usually when they're high for the Mets, they usually crumble. But you know, hopefully with Steve Cohen, it's a it's a different feeling uh, this time around. I hope. I'm excited. I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic because the Wilpons are gone, so there's still work to be done, and they're in a very tough division, man. That that division is good, man. It, it really is. It's uh, it kind of sucks to be in that division. Because I think the Marlins are good, too. I know offensively they might not match up, but I love their pitching staff, man. Yeah, Pablo Lopez, Sixto Sanchez, and, and Sandy Alcantara is a, is a fantastic, like, threesome that's really kind of, you know, on, on, the, on the rise. No doubt. No doubt. I would, uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it as well. Um you know, Atlanta, obviously, always a, a contender there. So I wish you nothing but the best of luck, Adam. I don't hate on the Mets uh, too much. But I think I hate Fenstey and the Islanders more than I hate you and the Mets. Oh, well, I definitely hate the Yankees more than the Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I mean, listen, you know what? I mean, if you want to live with that inferiority complex – I mean, I see it all the time. I live in the Bay Area, man. Giants fans are like that with the I've Dodgers this, all the time. I've explained this to you before. It has nothing to do with them winning. I have a picture of myself when I was seven, eight years old at the Baseball Hall of Fame 
holding a Mets hat while I'm in a Mets uniform holding it in front of the face of Babe Ruth. The Yankees were not winning in 85, 86. So my hatred was when I was a young kid, when the Yankees were not winning, it has nothing to do with them winning in the 90s. I've hated the Yankees since I was a kid. So it has nothing to do with them winning. I just right, hated because, them as a kid. Because when you listen, the 80s, fine, that's great. But they were winning it in the late 70s. And that but I wasn't over born in the, the late 70s. So that has nothing to do with me. I wasn't alive. But it has to do with the, the, the guy who made you a Met fan. No, I, no one made me a Met fan. I became a Met fan myself as a kid. Just I don't know yet. where it came from. Had no I influence from anybody. No, dude. My father died when I was four, and he was. I know your father fan. died when you were four, but you had a. There was a guy who was in your life who. That was he. He's not a Mets fan. He may be a Cowboys fan. He's a Royals fan. He's so a Royals he didn't influence fan. me. Yeah. You should have become a Royals fan, nah, dude. Well, I've been. I don't know how. I grew up a mile from Chase Stadium, so whatever. That's it what was, it is. I grew up. I was a Mets fan. I hated the Yankees as a kid. They weren't winning, so. I, it has nothing to do with them winning titles. I want to put you on the couch. I want to give you like some regression therapy. And I want to figure out how the Yankees hurt you so bad. They don't. I just hated them. I mean, there's got to be a, there's got to be a reason behind it. Because I was a Mets fan and they're the other team in New York. So just hate them. Right. But, you know, some listen, I listen, I hate the Mets because of my experience. With Mets fans. Why? Because Mets fans hate the Yankees, so you have to go in the no, opposite. No, it's, that, it's that, that continuous inferiority complex of, you know, it's Mets fans who sit there and, and hate the Yankees so much because the Yankees get, you know, the Yankees were buying players their entire time. I mean, the Yankees were well, doing see, you can use that. Too. You can use that argument with other people. You can't use it with me. I just I explained. It with no, you. you can't. I just explained to you why I, I've hated the Yankees since a kid. It has nothing to do with them spending money. It has nothing to do with them winning world championships. If you want to project that on someone else or people you know, and that's the reason, fine. It's not me. There needs to be a reason for your hate, Adam. There, there has to be a reason be. for your hate. Why? What do you mean? Why you don't just hate because of no reason whatsoever? Because I just told you they're the other team in New York. I was a Mets fan. That's my team, so I hate the other team. Just like you're a Rangers fan that hates the Islanders, right? Why? Oh well, I'll tell you why. Because the Islanders won four championships in a row, four Stanley Cups in a row, and the dude who I lived next door to, uh, his father was actually good friends with Pat Lafontaine. Okay, I mean most Rangers fans hate the Islanders because it's a rivalry. And they're in the same division. Yeah. yeah and they yeah. battle every year. Mets and Yankees aren't in the same division, so why hate the Yankees? They play each other now, right? Well, now they do, but they didn't when you were growing up. Because I don't want to – I look, I'm a Rangers fan. I hate the Islanders, right? I'm a Cowboys fan. I hate the teams in my division. I'm a, there are two teams in New York. They're, they're competing for back page attention. That's the other team. I want my team to be in the spotlight. So I, that's why. And I, I hate it as a kid. There it is. You want your team to be in the spotlight. So you hate the Yankees because the Yankees were always hogging the spotlight. But again, dude, I grew up in the 80s. Who was the team in New York in the 80s that got all the headlines and was the team? It was the Mets. Okay. So again, so there's I, no reason to hate the Yankees. You might not root for the Yankees, but there's no reason to hate the Yankees. They weren't competition for you. Again, I hated them as a kid. It's been ingrained in me since a kid. So I, and you, there's a reason somebody hurt you, Adam. And I'm going to nah, get to no the bottom did. of this. No, nah, no one did. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a Yankee fan at some point or another, like said something to you or you saw something in the news uh, or you heard something that somebody was hating on the Mets and they were a Yankees. Something, something. There's something there. I'm telling you, I'm nah, not a, I'm not a psychologist, there. but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express once. And so I know. Something going nah. on there. Just be open, Adam. It's okay. You're in a safe God, space I, here. I've You're hated trust since I was a kid. I know. I know. I'm trying to figure out. So how old were you when this picture was taken with you in the Mets uniform standing in front of Babe Ruth? I was seven or eight. You're seven or eight. Mm -hmm. What's your earliest childhood memory of, of the Mets? Um... Like, do you remember any of that 85 World Series? 86. Yeah, 86. Um, very, very little. 
because I was young. Right, right, right. Okay, all right. So something there in between. All right, so something in between there. Because you don't really don't really remember that if you don't really remember that World Series, then then it's something that happened between that World Series and and I guess you uh in that in that seven year old picture, seven year old Adam. Huh. Huh. Your best friend growing up, who was his favorite team? Mm, didn't really have one best friend. So Huh. 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 When did your mom start dating again? Or did she ever start dating after your father passed? Uh, just like once. She really hasn't. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we can rule out we can rule out mom's boyfriend. We can rule out the guy who's a Royals fan who sadly made you a Cowboys fan. I don't know what the fuck's up with that. That guy. How how is he a, a Roy, I mean, is he from the Midwest or something like that? That he's a Royals fan and a Cowboys fan? He's living in Queens? Nah, he uh, grew up in New York. He's a, a diehard Rangers fan for hockey. Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right, I'm taking notes here. This is another episode of the Fantasy Couch. This time, Adam Ronis. We're tapping into the deep psyche of Adam Ronis, trying to figure out where his hatred of the Yankees really stems from. I like this. I like th- I'm intrigued. <laughs> you hate this, don't you? Well, there's nothing really to uncover. I mean, again, I've just hated them since a kid. It was just something that happened. I don't think there's any specific situation that occurred. Hate's a pretty strong emotion, even when you're talking in sports. I mean, it, it, it's a fact. It's definitely a fact. It's definitely a fact. All right. If anybody out there is listening, remembers baby Adam Ronis growing up, uh, you know what? Chime in. Hit us up. Twitter, at RotoBuzzGuy. CC, at Adam Ronis also, so that, you know, Adam can... Uh, can share in this. The breakthrough's coming, people. It's coming, I'm telling you. Someday, some way, somewhere. It's happening. No doubt. All right. Well, I'm going to let Adam crawl back into his skin because this is like making him jump out of his skin right now. And I'm okay with that. Just um, accept the fact I hate the Yankees and don't look for a reason for it. I just, I listen, hey, man, in all honesty, I feel bad for anybody who suffers from negative emotions. And and is unable to deal with it. No, I can deal with it. It doesn't do anything for me. It's not. A, it's it doesn't bring any negativity into my life. I like oh, rooting for them I, to lose. Oh, they on. haven't won a World Series in a while, so it's been fun. Who hasn't won a World Series in a while? The Yankees. Yeah, I know, right? It's been since two thousand nine. Yeah, one in the last what twenty years? Yeah. What did the Mets win? All right, we got to go. Oh, that's our time, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say we'd be back the next time the Mets win the World Series, but that could be never. Or this year, hopefully. Ooh, fingers crossed for you. Listen, I hope they they finally get out of the, uh, the doldrums. I really do. They'll never beat the Yankees. They'll always be second best, but, you know, in New York. But, you know, listen. You, you, uh, yeah, I I won't even rehash that. So that's going to do it for us here today. I'm done tormenting Adam Ronas, at least for now. Tune in tomorrow when I dive back into the psyche and have Adam being like, oh, dude, I'm sorry, I can't podcast today. Something came up. Possibility. Sure. That doesn't exist. <laughs> if all of his props like, get fucked up tonight <laughs> and all of this, he's not potting tomorrow. I'll be doing a, a, a soliloquy uh, about the life and times of Adam Rodas's hate for the New York Yankees. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs> for the tormented soul that is Adam Rodas. 
I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up, and we'll catch you next time.